Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us. Hello, everyone. We're on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit live. It is 8 p.m. Saturday, uh, Sunday, excuse me, after the game, November 24th, after Washington Lions. And uh, we've got plenty to talk about, and we'll be setting the table. If you're listening to us recorded, great. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We got you all covered all over the place, man. We are your official destination for all things Detroit Lions and Detroit Lions accessories. And uh, you might need some accessories after this one. You might need some accessories to try to figure out what's going to happen next. Uh, But let's set the table. I am Chris Perfett, your adequate host at Chris Perfett, P-E-R-F-E-T-T, Adequate Host, Almost Perfect. It's in the name. And joining me, as always, my companion, my frenemy, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader of Pride of Detroit. Find him on Twitter, at Detroit on Lion. And Jeremy, the reviews are already coming in. We are on live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Tony Gold 83 already asking us, this is a gaming stream, right? We're not going to be talking about football, right? <laughs> Uh, I'm afraid, I'm afraid you found yourself in the wrong place, Tony Gold, and, uh, good mention of, of Twitch at the top, because, Chris, I believe we are only broadcasting to Twitch right now, because I don't believe you hit the record button. No, 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 I've got, I've got the records buttons going oh, on, okay. on my ends. No, no, I've got, I've got the personal ones, I just don't have the backup. Got it. So, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and now I need to put, place a marker, because we are now immediately off the rails. Thank no, no, answer. we can keep this in, this is fine, this is salvageable, <laughs> because you know what? This is just my version of stalling so that we don't have to talk about the game that we all just witnessed and talk about something else, even as well, pedantic I, I'm as offering, radio things. I'm offering to play Fortnite. I am. Wow. Do you even have it downloaded? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe soon. not. Um, Sooner soon. rather than you guys think. Actually, I think we'll probably, the we'll, play some, we'll probably play some Madden in the, uh, in the offseason with an actually decent Lions mm-hmm. roster that we create. Yeah virtually and by ourselves i think and i'm not i'm not completely sold on this yet but i'm pretty sure i'm going to download modern warfare call of duty because i know a lot of lions God. players play it and i'm hoping to maybe snag a few other ones we'll do some other stuff during it i've been wanting to do more twitch streaming too i've been playing a lot of different games i've been playing fallen order so you can imagine coming off all of that into this game was kind of a kick in the nuts a little bit just a, a little bit. bit just a little bit um first off there were no ryan matthews tonight he um you and him kind of laid out the state of the franchise last first bite. And now we have to, one. uh, yep. 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 Foreshadowing. Yep. Foreshadowing what's to come here on the main, on the main POD cast. But let's talk about what happened today. And I promise those in the chat, we're not going to dwell too much on this. Uh, there's some good narratives out of it. We're going to be talking about the, uh, 
what's going to happen with this coaching staff because I think a lot of people are really curious there. And But we are going to dip our toes a little bit into the draft, and I published an article this week playing a fun little game. We're going to continue to play that as we continue on. We love our games here. I wish Ryan was here because I wanted to do a list cast on Thanksgiving food, but it's not going to happen now. So thanks, Ryan. Way to go, Ryan. Way, Way to ruin everything. All right. Let's get into it. We have here, sitting on our hot little desk, Washington 19, Detroit 16. As Dwayne Haskins marches down the field in the final minutes of the game after an interception from Jeff Driscoll, then he uh, they send out the kicking unit. They kick the game-winning field goal. And then... Jeff Driscoll throws another interception. Do I have my, do I, I don't have this right. Do I? No, you got it. You got do it. Do I have it right? Okay, great, great. You know, I mean, you give me if that, you were just you to give say me that, that look sometime, you give me that no, no, look no. sometime that's like, Chris is going out there, but I'm going to let him hang himself first. <laughs> Here, here's the thing about this game. If you were to say, then, Jen, then Jeff Driscoll threw an interception after any sentence, you're probably right. Right. Well, the, the the important part is that the Lions allowed Dwayne Haskins to go celebrate in the crowd while Case Keenum took the last kneel down for Washington. That's the ultimate legacy of this game. Case uh, Dwayne Haskins, his legend gets to grow, and the Detroit Lions fall into a pit of despair. The uh, shine comes off of Jeff Driscoll, who threw 200 yards in this game, but also three interceptions, one touchdown, and took six sacks. Uh, a far cry from what he was doing in the past couple of weeks. Uh, good news is that Bo Scarborough almost hit 100 yards. Not quite. It is the fate of every Lions running back to not hit 100 yards running in a game. I had the tweet ready, too. Son of a bitch. <laughs> two, two, <laughs> yards, two yards, man. <laughs> why? <laughs> Again, why? Um, but not much else good to talk about. So let's, let's talk about this, Jeremy. Um, does this game change anything for you? As you like, we know by now the Lions season is lost. Uh, whatever mathematical oddity there was for the Lions to make the playoffs, it is now, I think, officially gone. Are they officially eliminated? Not, not officially, officially. Oh my God. Are you kidding could, me? I mean, there's five games left. You know, mathematics. Three, seven are weird. and one. Like, I, that, that's got to be Eight, less seven than and percentage. one, baby. Here we come. Oh my God. We're going to, we're going to be, wait, who was it? It was like the Panthers that made it in at seven, eight, made one? It at seven, eight and one. Here we yeah, go. Back eight, in seven, like 2013. I mean, yeah. Way better than that team. Eight, seven and one. Here we go. I can't believe you. Fire really up that can't. playoff machine. Here we go. I, Let's I really, do it. I really can't believe you. Um, but the question I did ask was, has this changed anything for you? Because after every loss now, the negativity will get stronger and stronger for the Lions. Uh, I don't believe the negativity is coming from any place new. It's just people have had these opinions for a while. And now people are feeling more confident in sharing those opinions in that they're not going to get beat down as soon as they share them. So I think that's where a lot of it is coming from. But I know you, you had your own take on this game because you like stats, you like numbers, you're a nerd and you like being contrarian in this and you like being, you're Mr. Brightside, always looking on the bright side of life. Do 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 do. The other, the other things, a hundred percent true. Definitely a stat nerd, <laughs> definitely whatever. But Here's the, thing that, that no, here's the thing that just no one wants to hear today or tomorrow morning or whenever you're Not listening me. to this is that this was the Lions' best game they've played in a month. It really, truly was. Defensively, they were on point for three and a half quarters. They held 
you know, a, a good running back stable to what? Less than three yards of carry for Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis. Dwayne Haskins was garbage for 90% of this game. His, he was below his averages, too. Like, he, he's been a horrible quarterback, but he was even worse in this game. The Lions were able to run the ball effectively. 175 rushing yards. They controlled this game, and they looked like the better team for three quarters, even though they were trailing in the first half. That third quarter, they had 140-some yards to Washington's negative four. So they controlled this game. They looked like the better team. They just made a whole bunch of mistakes, too, which good teams don't. So I'm not trying to convince you that the Lions are a good team. They're not. They turned the ball over four times. That's why they lost. They gave up a kick return touchdown. That's why they lost. But if you're looking at this game from an overall standpoint, this was the most complete game they've actually played in a while. And sure, it came against Washington. They need to have complete games against Washington. They need to beat teams like Washington. They didn't. But I saw some some promising things in this, in this game. And so, yeah, no, my overall thoughts on this team, throw out the win, the loss. I don't care at this point. You don't care at this point. You want to pretend like you care maybe and say you want your team to win. But you said it yourself. The season is lost. So wins and losses don't matter at this point. I want to see progress with this team. I saw progress with this team. I saw this team be able to run the ball. Best running game probably all year, 5.5 a carry. I saw this team finally be able to stop the run, which they have in four of the past five games. So that's that's a trend. That's not just this game. That's them performing better. And do I think that necessarily any of that means they're going to be great going into 2020? No, not necessarily. I mean, we saw them finish 2019 or 2018 strong defensively, and that obviously didn't carry over. But I just want to see this team improve. I think that's what we all want to see with these last few games. This team improve a little bit. And like I said, the wins and losses to me are inconsequential at this point. So the fact that they're improving a little bit, that's great. Jeff Driscoll didn't improve. So that's one thing. Jeff Driscoll lost this game for the Lions. That's it. Sit down, Jeremy Reisman, as I sit here and kick your ass on this. <laughs> Go for it. I'm going to mm. drink this apple mm. cider while you do it. That looks like good apple cider, by the way. You can't see this on the podcast because it's not a visual medium, but that looks like good apple cider, and I miss good apple cider. You, you should be watching on the podcast. Yeah, um, during the break, we're going to talk about your mustache, too, because it is the talk of Twitch chat. <laughs> um, let, me, let me kick your ass, because short menu in sports, wins and losses. And yes, as you say, the record doesn't matter for showing that, because you're not going to improve your record to the point where you're going to make the playoffs unless your apocalyptic eight, five, eight, seven, and one comes true, which I don't think it's going to. I'm just spoiler alert, but there is an art to closing out games. And I want to see the lions improve on that. Jeremy, we have been saying this all year. The lions did it again in this game. They gained the lead. All 11 games the lions have played in 2019. They have gotten the lead. Good teams. Once they get the lead, Hold on to it. They hold on to the lead. This is the inverse of what happened in 2016, where they were a good team and they were able to come from behind and close out games. This time, they're choking it away. It was like watching one of those old Red Wings teams from like 2014, where they go up 2-0 and then lose the game. This is this is this feels it feels so frustrating when it happens, but at the same time. You should have a strategy going into the game, and it's not just put up numbers and hope that it rolls in your right way. It should be, okay, what do we do when we have the lead? What is our strategy now? How do we either extend the lead or hold on to it? And Detroit has no answer. They let Dwayne Haskins get back in this game. Uh, They let a quarterback get back in this game again. They let a defense suddenly wake up 
and start holding them and causing them to create more errors and mistakes. Again, they keep doing this. They don't know what to do once they've got their bleep in their hands. They just kind of just shrug. And that isn't indicative to me of the coaching staff more than anything. We can go back and forth on the talent itself. And yes, aside from Jeff Driscoll, I think some guys did have great games, but they're not being put in a position to use that talent to then turn it into a win. And again, we're going to talk draft a little bit, but I think when, when you are trying to showcase your future on the field, a win is the best indicator of that because that is the ultimate goal of the game at the end of the day. Win. Just win, baby. And yeah, it's a meaningless win. I know the people out there who min-max for the, for the uh, draft are going to be like, no, don't win, you know, tank, get a better draft, draft position, sure. But if your goal is to say, we can improve on this for next season, then show me a win. Show me that you can close out a game. Show me that you can be a closer. Coffee is for closers. And the Lions, they're not getting coffee right now. I think I think there's a lot of truth to what you said. I, I wouldn't say you necessarily kicked my ass there because there are a lot of things I agree with you on. No, I'm just I'm being I'm being dramatic. I need people <laughs> I know, to I think know. that we once again this frenemy thing is just not working because then <laughs> I, I come in fiery and then you're like, Oh yeah, we agree on a lot of things. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just a very agreeable person. Uh the the one thing I'll push back on a little bit is I do think sure. in general close games are just fifty fifty toss ups. I think I've mentioned it a few times on here and and you know, if the lines are bad this year, maybe they'll be good again the next year. No, we've seen sure, sure. Matthew Stafford like, been able to mount eight comebacks in a season, and then the next season he somehow can't do it ever again. And well, we had this argument before the season too, <clears> is that you posted a stat to me about Matt Stafford's record and come from behind wins, how great he is closing out games. Right. Do you still? But that's but now you're also saying that's fifty fifty. I don't know where to, where you stand now. So I mean, sure. I mean, I, I do think there's one a, or the other. No, yeah, I, I think do think there's. I just, I think there's a skill to closing out a game. I really do. Well, I here's the thing that I, I was going to say that kind of goes in your favor. There is mm-hmm. that Matt Patricia talks all the time about situational football, whether it's you know third downs, goal line, fourth downs, fourth quarter, five minute drill to bleed out the clock, two minute drill to to score at the end of the halves. Those things are things that he emphasizes, and the Lions have not been particularly good at that. And any of those at third down at red zone, end of the half offense, end of the half defense, you know, all that sort of stuff. And and yeah, I I do think they're they're, I think that's when coaching overtakes talent is, is how you play in that last five minutes, because we know how the team is, is capable of playing through the first three and a half quarters. So then if you continually fail in that last half of the quarter, I think that does speak to your coaching a little bit. I do, I do think that speaks to your ability to, to go, call plays during crucial moments. I mean, we saw it early in the season, right? The Lions had that play. Um, I don't even remember who it was against. That they, they had the converted third down that probably would have bled the, the rest of the clock. Then they call a timeout. Play doesn't happen. Yep. They come back with the worst play call of all time. That's a coaching issue. I think you can say the same sort of things have been happening on defense. You know, the, the Lions uh, fourth down against the Chiefs. They get a stop there. They win the game. They don't have anyone covering Patrick Mahomes as he scrambles easily for a first down. That's a coaching thing. And so, yeah, I, I, I do think coaching, and, and we're going to probably talk about larger issues about Matt Patricia and his future with the team, because, he, I mean, whether he is or isn't on the hot seat or not, the fan perception is he's on the hot seat after this loss. This is the kind sure. of signature loss that will lose your entire fan base in an instant. 
Yeah, because you know why? Because there were only Lions fans there. Somehow the Skins are a more pathetic organization than the Detroit Lions right now. People have given up harder on them than Lions fans have given up on Lions. And that's the act you put there with a home crowd on the road. Like, come on. Can't come fill on. a board like, field, people, but they'll travel to Washington to see you play, and that's how you treat them. Well, I mean, it's also, as we're going to talk about later, it is less than a Popeye's fried chicken sandwich with, a, with fries and a drink to go to that game. But <laughs> All the more reason we'll to go. Talk. More reason to go, man. It's a steal. It's a steal. I'd take the fried chicken sandwich, though, but I'm hungry <laughs> and uh, broke. So um, you touched on it. I want to give it the time that it has. So when we come back from the break, I will ask if you think that Matt Patricia deserves uh, more criticism, if he even deserves a third year. But real quick before we leave, um, two minutes on Jeff Driscoll, because I think some people are confused. I think some people believe that Jeff Driscoll is a rookie quarterback. And at the same time, I also see some, uh, who is it, Lions Wow on Twitch is asking, can we all agree J- Driscoll is not the answer at backup quarterback? Here's the thing about Jeff Driscoll. He's been in the league since 2016. Did, did you know that? I because I, I, I've, I've listened to some people talk about like, oh yeah, this kid can grow. I'm like, the kid's been in the league for three seasons. Four seasons, actually. Four seasons. Like, I mean, I, I think he has performed better than other backups have been, but I am going to go and pimp my own writing about playing bleeped. And I talked about it in the last plot podcast too, and I'm going to censor myself because I feel bad. I curse so much and probably ruin some children. Uh, I don't care about what the Lions do playing bleeped on, on a macro level. I care how Jeff Driscoll's doing, but in the at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If number nine isn't on the field, it's interchangeable to me. It is replacement level. So I don't know what to do with Jeff Driscoll today. He played very well against uh, the Cowboys, and he throws three interceptions against uh, Washington when they don't have some of their best defensive players on the field. So I don't know. It just This is just the way it's going to be, man. Yeah, it's just the way I mean, it's going to be. The Lions aren't a good enough team to be like the Saints or be like you know, the handful of other teams this year that have won with a backup quarterback. But I mean, here's the thing about those backup quarterbacks, too. Teddy Bridgewater was a starter. All those backup quarterbacks who were doing well had starter oh, boom. had starter, had starter uh, uh, experience. Nick Foles, starter experience. Sure. And, and, I mean, Driscoll started five games last year, but for the lowly Bengals. But, I, yeah, yeah, who cares? I mean, the, the thing with him is he just doesn't see the field particularly well. He, yes. he locks on to receivers. You saw him hold on to the ball for way too long several times. It's 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 really a surprise he didn't have more strip sacks in this game. He had one. Luckily, it bounced into, into Graham Glasgow's hands. But um, I, I think the fact that he doesn't see the the field well works to his detriment in, in so many different ways. He stands too long in the pocket. Um, he, he, he doesn't throw the ball when there's 15 seconds left in the game. He's like waiting for someone to break open on a 70 yard bomb. Like the, like Washington isn't playing the most, you know, prevent of defenses. He's just holding onto it forever. Um, and then, like I said, staring down receivers, um, leads to, to contested catches. I mean, this team has really good receivers at contested catches, Marvin yes. Jones and Kenny Galladay. He targeted Kenny Galladay four times today. He targeted Marvin Jones 11. Kenny Galladay, I mean, you just have to throw him the ball sometimes. And he doesn't have, I don't know if it's the confidence. I don't know if it's the chemistry. 
whatever. I mean, Jeff Driscoll is has never been in the conversation for starting quarterback. I don't I don't think anyone needs to talk about that. I yeah. still think he be a, a replacement level backup. Um, in that if this if if the rest of the team improves just a little bit, especially on defense, like he could win a game or two. Yeah. No, we saw that in the in the Cowboys game too. Right. So I mean, it's there. We'll see. And I think it would be good for him if he can win a game, but we will see. We'll take a quick break here. Um, I want to address some stuff with our Twitch chat. When we come back, I do want to talk about Matt Patricia. And uh, I think the big question now is, does he even deserve a third year? And I think it's a multifaceted question. I, I think I'm curious where people stand because it is getting hotter and hotter with each loss. I think this one in particular because of who he lost to, is quite important. But uh, I want to address how he's been doing, because he also said he's t- taking on more play calling for the defense this game. So we'll touch on that and more when we come back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Twitch chat, stick around, because uh, we're going to talk about this thing on Jeremy's face. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once in a lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. And we're back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. As always, download on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You're, I mean, you're listening to it already, but just in case you're streaming on our website or something, that's where you go. Subscriptions help us, man. They really do. They really do. Uh, we get, you know, we see download numbers. That's how we know we're doing well. So download us. Give us five stars. Do all that voodoo that you do do you want to start with coaching jeremy or the draft <laughs> well you know the answer i know where you feel on the second <laughs> subject let's talk coaching 
Okay. The wolves are coming in for Matt Patricia. We see that each week more and more. And this is why I think wins are kind of important a little bit, at least for that. Um, you know, M Live, the questions are growing louder about Matt Patricia's future in Detroit. Um, there's questions about how much he's taken over defensive uh, call play calling from Paul Pasqualoni, but I don't think throwing I don't think throwing Pasqualoni under the bus is going to help him at all this year. People have zoomed in on the head coach already. And again, it's a matter of question of where do you think it's fair to judge him based on past performance. I know you had your article out about stop apologizing to Jim Caldwell, which I kind of agree with, but it's it's not it's it's not doing well for him. And he he did not have a lot of room to stand on when he came in. And I think his attitude on how he's approached everything has not engendered him many fans. It's not engendered him a lot of support either. And that's a recipe where it gets dangerous. Uh, that said, if your question is, should, uh, will, I think there's a question, the two questions, should Matt Patricia be back for a third year? And will he be back for a third year? And those are, as always, two different questions. They are indeed. And one, one I think, is a pretty obvious answer, which kind of renders the second one irrelevant because I do think that the Lions are committed this duo of Quinn and Patricia for at least one more year, which means it doesn't really matter what we you sure though. I mean, if they end the season like three, 12 and one. Sure. That, I mean, I don't know. I, some, I, I don't know where people are going to fall on that. I, I, I really don't. I think, I think wins at the end of the year do get important in this regard, because at the very least it sends a message on just, how bad it is. We've seen these reports of guys checking out. I mean, they're playing for the team, but we we saw what happened with Quandre Diggs. And the rumors are is that he was basically shipped out of town because it wasn't about his style of play. It wasn't about how good of a player he was. It wasn't about getting assets. It was just that he doesn't fit with the with whatever locker room vision that Matt Patricia has, which I think is a bogus and very backwards view. If you're a great coach, you get guys to buy in to your system but whatever, but no, I'm sorry. Continue. Well, no, I mean, I guess my overall point here is just like, if you, if, I mean, if you get, a, get rid of Patricia, you better be getting rid of Quinn too, because he's the one that hired. I think you have to get rid of both. Yeah. And if you're doing that, you are hitting the reset button very hard towards the end of Matthew Stafford's career. And listen, if you think that these two are leading the lines in the wrong direction, then yeah, I mean, you, you do kind of want to get out as, as quick as possible, but, but Chris, when the Lions got rid of Caldwell, you were one of the people, and I was right there with you, saying, like, you keep firing coaches and GMs this frequently. That is not a way to succeed. That is not a way to build a team, not a way to build a culture, not a, a way to build a, a long-term winning franchise. And I know fans are impatient, and they have every right to be impatient. And whether they – I mean, they haven't done anything in two years to necessarily deserve a third year. If that's your overall question, no, they haven't done enough to earn a third year. But I think you need to give coaches more time than that. I need. I think you need to give a general manager who is now lock in step with your coach. You both have the same vision of what you want in terms of talent, where you want this team to go. Now that they've had two years together, you need to give them a third to finally get there. I know. I know. Quinn has been around longer than that, but he was drafting for a different coach and a different style, maybe something he wasn't comfortable with. In fact, he's gone out and admitted he wasn't really that comfortable scouting guys that weren't his style. Now he does. So 
I consider this Quinn's second year, even though it technically isn't. I consider this Matt Patricia's second year. And listen, whether whether they've been heading in the right direction or not, and I think we can all agree right now they're not getting enough out of their talent. They're not trending in the right direction. But I just think in general it's good football business to let these things draw themselves out a little more. Let these things, let these guys have a little bit more time, little just just to let their vision go because it's clear that this team is still purging some guys out of the locker room that they don't think belong, which tells me they're not where they are. And I know no one wants to hear the injury excuse, but I do believe when we look at the season come March or January and, and Football Outsiders comes out with that stat that's total games lost due to injury, the lines are going to be very near the top of that list because they've been very unfortunate with injuries, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They're, now, the, the coaches still aren't getting enough out of the players that are there. But I think, and and no one wants to hear that as an excuse, like I said, I think the amount of injuries this team has incurred, especially, I mean, Matthew Stafford alone will buy this this duo more time. That's that's all I'm going to say. I would say, I mean, you bring up my old stands about Caldwell. Here's the thing, though, is I believe Caldwell was someone you give time to because I think he was building, like, he had a pretty good vision there. I don't know if I've bought this Boston Boys vision from day one. And that's been my problem all along. I have not bought into their vision because not only is it just a bad vision, but it's a plan that we've just, we've done this all the time, man, with, with Patriots guys, and it never works. And I know it's unfair to hold it against him, but at the same time, as soon as you start giving me more evidence that it's not working, I'm putting two and two together here. And just, it's, I can't, I can't do that. I, I really... I, I get it. He wants to focus on the defense. I get it. He wants to improve the run game. I really dislike how it is because when you we, we talk about how much time you have left with, with Stafford, because you say it there, I, mean, I kind of agree with you. It's like, if you're blowing this up, you're kind of also, also blowing up near the end of Stafford's career and near the prime, end of Stafford's prime of his career. And excuse me as I start to ramble a little bit as I'm trying to collect my thoughts. But I... Here's here's the thing for me is that I agree with you on that. You don't want to ruin too much more Stafford's prime career. That's why I'm saying the priority is now to get rid of them because I don't believe it's a smart it's a smart play at all for what they are trying to show you that they're doing. And as they get rid of more players like Quandre Diggs, I understand it doesn't fit this nebulous idea. But I also again believe great coaches make guys fit their system at the end of the day, or they make them fit the culture they want to build. They get guys that that's what makes Pete Carroll so great. He gets guys to buy in. You know, that's what makes Sean Payton so great. He gets guys to buy in. This this idea that if you are not what I want, you have to go. We've already seen the damage it has done to a guy like Darius Slay. And my question is to you, how can you replace Darius Slay in that short period of time that you're that we're asking for here? And my question is, as I look to the future, is if we give if we give Patricia another year, what is the win delta? What what can he improve upon from this current vision that will be enough to get the Lions to where they need to be, which is going to the playoffs? I think it's a crapshoot after you get to the playoffs. I really do. Yep. It's a crapshoot once you get to the playoffs. You got to win a game. At that point, it's on Stafford to win that game in the playoffs. Like I know, I know we do quarterback isn't the team, but it's on Stafford at that point. But it's on you as the coaching to get him there in the first place. And I don't see that delta rising to the point where I'm like, okay, next year, 
with the injuries gone, playoff contender. I don't see it there. And that, that it makes me really question. We, we've talked about this, Jeremy. You know, what are they doing running, running these kind of zone defenses? What are they doing with the pass rush that has been absent now for both years of Patricia's reign? What are they doing with, you know, trying to handle a decaying offensive line? What are they doing sending away Quandre Diggs? And the answer to all of that seems to be, I don't know. And I don't like when that answer is, I don't know. It drives me insane. And again, like, I, I have personal reasons that I, I dislike Patricia, and I'm trying to keep them out of here as much as I can. I am evaluating him completely on what he has done on the football field right now. And I just, I don't like what I've seen. And I don't know if it is worth another year to see if he can turn it around. Because I feel like, as a gambling man, odds aren't great. Odds really aren't great. And when you're this early into an experiment like that, you can blow it up and turn it around. I think my, my one question I have is, I don't know who replaces it right now. But in the NFL, we seem to come up with names all the time pretty quickly. And meanwhile, there's a Lions veteran down in, in, uh, in, in Dallas. There's a Lions veteran down are, in Dallas. Are you suggesting Kellen Moore right now? Because I will end this podcast right now. <laughs> I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. But no, I, I know there's some other guys coming up from college. Like I know for a long time, uh, the Baylor had coach Matt Rule has been bandied around as maybe a name to replace uh, to replace Miles Garrett. And I've actually I've done I've done a radio show with Matt Rule before, and he's a very gregarious man. He's a very he's very hands on. I don't know if he translates to to pro, but I think his intentions are to go to the pros eventually. I don't think he's one of these guys who is a lifer in college, even though he's been this entire career at Temple and Baylor and these smaller places. Um, it's an answer I don't have, but at the same time, I know that, you know, as, as they say, the center cannot hold right now on this current plan. And you know, again, like it, it's hard for me to, to, it's hard for me to, if you say to that, okay, then map out the future. I can't do that right now. I really can't because we haven't had Black Friday, Black Monday coming down for a lot of other coaches around the league being fired. I don't know what we do with the general manager. I don't know how long it takes to rejigger things again. It's a bad situation. It's a bad situation. But I think in this case, you can cut your losses with Patricia. Uh, can he improve at all in my, in my eyes before the end of the year? Maybe. But I'm going to look at that sideways like I did last year. You know who the best coach in Lions history was? the next coach yeah all the time it's the next coach the next coach sure. is going to be the one and listen but that's why i didn't I, buy into patricia that's why i didn't buy into patricia because everyone was bought was buying in and saying like this is the guy he's got the pedigree he's the he's the defense they're gonna say that about the next one chris they are sure, i know the next I one's know. gonna be the savior here's the thing you know the funny you thing know is we didn't really have a lot of that with jim caldwell we really didn't <laughs> you're you're kind of right there but you know as much as anyone that's listened to this podcast regularly that I have a lot of philosophical differences with Matt Patricia. I don't like the the run, you know, being the run game being the priority both on offense and defense. You can take this game as a prime example. Lions established the run. They ran all over Washington and they stopped Washington on the ground. And guess what? Because their quarterback sucked worse than Dwayne Haskins somehow, they lost the game. I'm also not with him in, in some of his, uh, you know, time management things. I'm with you a little bit on the culture thing too. The fact that you can't, that bothers I mean, me the most. That really that, that does. bothers me too. I mean, I, I was all over that when the Quandre Diggs trade happened, 
I just think it's bad business to fire coaches two years in. I think I might not agree with Matt Patricia's methods. I may not agree with a lot of his philosophies, but I think it's unfair to not give him a full chance to, to scope that whole thing out. And, and here's, here's the thing. Like, I, I mean, expectations are enormously high for his third year or maybe not expectations, but the bar is set really high. If he doesn't make the playoffs next year, I'm right there with him. He's had three years. We haven't seen uh, enough change to make the playoffs. First. I, I mean, he needs to make a big jump. Like he, he yeah. dug himself so big of a hole in his first two years that he has to climb all the way out and jump over a 10-foot pole. And we can talk all we want about fan expectations and whether they're fair or not, but they existed, man. They existed, and that's why this team, when we said the team, this team is going to move on from its first coach with a winning record since, uh, who was it in the 60s? Uh, God, Lions head coach in the 60s. I, I don't remember his name, but either way, like that's how long we're talking before a, a coach had a winning record here. Like uh, Joe Schmidt, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Schmidt. So the first first time Jim Caldwell, first time with a winning record since since Joe Schmidt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Wayne Fonson didn't have a winning record. He was one game off from 500. <laughs> like that's that's how long it's been, man. Yeah. Like, it's- and I I just thought that was kind of ruinous to throw to the wind. But if you do that, that's a gamble, man. And he and Quinn admitted I mean, it I, at I, the I'm time. I'm with you. I, I I like the idea of of giving coaches more time. But again, the complicating matter is. How much more time do you have with Stafford? And if you give Patricia more time, that means less time with Stafford. And then it becomes a question of, you know, well, we need to keep him around because Stafford's almost on his way out. And then they just get more time after that. And then when they're finally gone, well, we need to get another uh, quarterback. And we know how precarious that's been. We've known it. This is not same old Lions. This has been a different Lions team with Stafford for the past 12 years. 11, 12 years or so. Yeah, 11. It's been a different rain, but there are people are kind of incensed right now because they're worried that rain is coming to an end. And that does a lot with Stafford. And the question is, how much more can you get out of Stafford? Well, here's the thing. I think getting rid of your GM and coach this year is hitting the reset button so hard. Someone in, in chat mentioned it, and I kind of agree. Like, if you're hitting that reset button that hard, you probably go and find a new quarterback too. Yeah, you probably try to trade him. Probably try to trade Stafford. That's going to be incendiary to say, but I mean, it might be logical. I'm I'm and not ready. Uh, listen, I'm yeah, not, ready, not ready, to ready to embrace that future. <laughs> two and fourteen seasons again. I know three, seven, and one isn't a ton better, but this team is competitive every week. And and I think Lions fans forget just how bad things can truly get because they can get sure. they can go further down. Like I know even Washington, even though they beat Detroit, Washington is in a much worse spot than the Lions are right now. I think for me, I'd rather them be very good or very bad just because it makes it more interesting for me. But, sure. I mean, to each their own. Um, real quick, 15 minutes in, want to reset. Pride of Detroit POD cast here. That's what you're listening to just in case someone has this on somewhere and you want to know, hey, who are these dulcet tones, these two studs here? One of them with a mustache that you can't see because this, this is a podcast and not a visual medium. Uh, I know you don't want to talk about it. I know you don't. But you know what? People want to hear it. And with the game, the big game coming up on Saturday, it's time to talk about it. Uh, shout out to Beast F Ball on Twitter, part of our uh, POD Mafia and Lions Twitter, and eternal believer, eternal worshiper at the altar of George Kittle. Uh, he showed me the Tankathon stats 
for the top of the draft right now. Right now, the Lions are in seventh at 3-7-1, and one, but they're only a game and a half behind the Giants, who are in second. And I believe it was two podcasts, POD casts ago, where we said people should not waste their time scouting Chase Young because he's not going to be available when the Lions are picking. Well, Jeremy, that's kind of changing. That could very well change. I'm, I don't want to jinx it, but people, I mean, listen, a lot of Lions fans are Michigan fans. They're going to be watching Michigan and Ohio State this Saturday. They're going to see Chase Young firsthand. What are your thoughts? Because you know me, I need an edge rusher, man. I don't, I don't even care if it's a line, if it's an outside, if it's a outside linebacker at this point. I need someone to get some pass rush out here. Yeah, the, I think, I think I can even extrapolate that into the Lions need a defensive playmaker. Period. Right, and um, I know we, we, we just talked about some. Yeah, we I just talked about Darius Slay. I'm sorry, we're, we're no, that's okay. I just really quick, we talked about Darius Slay earlier and his kind of potential. I mean, I. At this point, I don't even think I expect him to be on the team in 2020. So mm. cornerback is going to be a big need. We need yes. guys that can get their hands on the ball and intercept it like, hey, Amani Orwari, good job. Good job, Amani Orwari. Got your first pick. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Chase Young would be a dream. I still think, I mean, it's not that they're a game behind the Giants. It's that there's five teams in between them. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. They've also got in between yeah. them Miami, Washington, who just picked up a win today, actually. so They did. Good so job, Washington. We, I, uh, good job. I good feel job. sorry for the poor suckers that lost to them. Uh, Denver and Atlanta, and I have not checked. I think, yeah, Atlanta lost. Uh, yep. Denver lost. Uh, Giants lost. Miami, did Miami win? Miami lost. Miami lost. So, it, so it, everyone yeah. in front of them have, have lost. Bengals right. uh, lost. Yes. Lions are not going to catch the Bengals. Almost certain of it at this point. Um, they, they could certainly jump Atlanta. Atlanta's been playing pretty competitive lately. They could jump Denver. Shock. They could jump Denver because they play Denver later in the in the year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Giants have lost seven straight. The Dolphins have lost almost every game, and I, I know they're playing a little bit better now, but not really. And then Washington, I, I think Washington's still a garbage team. Dolphins have to play Washington uh, and the Dolphins before the end of the year is done. That's the so, only thing there. Yeah. So I don't so know. Some of I, these, so I'm saying some of these teams in front of the Lions will get will move down a bit. The only right. question is, will the Lions keep losing, or will they pick up a win somewhere? Right. And again, and, I'm not I'm not suggesting tanking because it's hard to tank in season. Tanking in the NFL is a front office decision to 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 hobble your roster. You can't just give eighty percent and lose in a game. And so I, I mean. You just look at this overall. I think I think top ten is not guaranteed, but likely top five is manageable. But Chase Young territory, top three, top two, I don't think is happening. I think yeah. the Lions win at least one or two more games, and that's going to be enough for them not to be in the top three conversation. So I think the big question is is New York. Where does New York end? Because Cincinnati, they probably need a quarterback. Miami probably needs a quarterback. Washington. I don't know. It, will they stick with Dwayne Haskins? Probably. I mean, Washington's done dumber things. Denver probably needs a quarterback. Uh, maybe. Yeah. No. 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 But I mean, Atlanta but, does not need a quarterback. But I mean, like, just just look at how many teams I've I've mentioned here that are probably going to be in the hunt for Joe Joe Burrow over Chase Young. So there's a chance, man. I'm just saying. Yeah, but like I said, I I don't I I think it, it's it's. 
it's unlikely that the Lions are picking in the top five possible, and they they'll have to be in the top five to get get Chase Young. Like I, I think the Tua injury also yeah. plays into Tua might not go in the top ten now. Who knows how yeah, how serious that shit. injury is? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with Tua. I've heard some people say you don't <clears> even draft him at this point, but it's not that bad. It's not. People kept in, invoking uh, Bo ja- uh, Bo Bo Jackson's injury. It's not mm-hmm. a dead hip. It, he'll he'll be able to heal. And he'll not to mention medicine is. Uh, a lot better. Gotten and, a little like, bit better is, in, the, ja- in the past Bo Jackson let that, Yeah, Bo Jackson and his team kind of let that injury sit, and that helped to kill a lot of the uh, a lot of the cells or whatever. I'm not a doctor, or else I'd be able to heal the sore that is currently uh, the Detroit affecting Lions. me. Oh. No, the, not, the, not the Detroit Lions. Okay. But I think it's fun to at least think about this right now, because I think, Jeremy, I know you want to focus on the unfree agency. And I know I'm over here saying that the draft is far more sexy. But in the case of an edge rusher, a premier edge rusher, and maybe it's not Chase Young, maybe it's some kid from Florida or Penn State whose names I don't have up in front of me right now, but who look really good. Iowa kid is good. But the value you get in drafting an edge rusher is so much more than any other position except for quarterback because those kind of guys do not land on the free market. 100%. They just don't. They don't unless they have some be- unless they have some questions like like Mike Daniel did. Like you don't get your hands on those kind of guys. So use your draft capital there. I Trey just Flowers, don't know why it's so hard. Yeah. yeah. Trey Flowers is, is really the one of the very few examples and, and we can see how divisive of a of a signing that even was already. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, you're hundred percent right. Like Edge Rusher is is arguably the, the second most important position on, on in football. It, it's it's quarterback, it's edge rusher, and it's cornerback. Like those are the top, and then four. an offensive line, yeah, as as a whole unit. Yeah. Um. I and I, this is way too too early to be discussing that. But let's say the lines are picking six, and mm-hmm. Chase Young is still on the board at three. What what are you willing to pay to go get him? <laughs> that is a damn good question. I think the question is what is. Bob Quinn willing to pay for it if he knows his job is on the line. Here's the thing. Like, I think Chase Young is so good that he, he's not going to be the only one calling. Oh, no. There will be other teams that are calling. Like, it's going to be a mad rush for Chase Young. He is that good. And unfortunately for our Michigan fans in the audience, you're about to see how good he's going to be. <laughs> mailbag time, I think. I think we're done talking about Chase Young. Uh, I hate yeah, him. let's talk about fast food and mailbag. We're going to take a break here. Um, Coming up next in the Pride of Detroit POD cast, we played a fun game during the week about uh, ticket prices. We're going to play it a little bit more, and we're going to answer some questions as we are wont to do. Just a whole grab bag of stuff as we close out this show. It's been fun so far, and I think we've hit on some important things. So when we come back in the Pride of Detroit POD cast, uh, would you rather have a Popeye's fried chicken sandwich with a drink and fries, or would you rather go to the Lions-Washington's game before you know the uh, end result? find out about that that answer next support for this podcast comes from smart water life moves pretty fast are you drinking water that can keep up smart water alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated no matter where your day takes you whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. 
Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Melta. 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 here. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Mail time, hashtag AskPOD, as always, to get your questions in. Every week we take questions, every week we take comments, sometimes we play games, sometimes we don't. And our first question, first question, it's not really a mailbag, but it is a question, Jeremy, that I have for you. I played a little bit of a game because MLive found a ticket for Washington, Detroit for six ninety eight. Now, I know, I think Benjamin Ravens found some for as low as $4.00. $198? No, just four. You said $698, right? No, $6.98. Don't do this to me when I'm sick. Uh, I played a game. We, I had people send me ideas for, the, for their fast food. I said, I want full menu fast food combos. Send it to me, your favorite, and I'll see if it's more or less expensive than the ticket. Uh, first off, most of you are disgusting with some of the things you guys order as substitutions for your uh, combo meals. It's absolutely disgusting. The other thing I learned is that the Popeye's fried chicken sandwich is literally the same price. And my friend Rob Parker from Fox Sports Radio and Fox Sports One immediately yep. stole that and tried tweeting it out as his own. And I'm like, you better retweet my column, man, because I gave it to you at lunch. <laughs> so hmm. do not call out Rob. He, he over there, I, I was like, I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine, man. It's fine. I don't care. Rob's Rob's a great guy. He's going to Antarctica, so he's not going to see your mean tweets for a while. Uh, anyway, so I've got a question for you, Jeremy. The combo for a A&W Papa Burger, more or less than the Detroit Lions-Washington Redskins ticket? I haven't been to an A&W in probably a decade, but I feel like they're the kind of fast food place that for no reason at all, they kind of have like a price hike. Like they almost have Wendy's prices, which is. Yeah. Kind of, that's the other thing I learned doing this is Wendy's is expensive. And I, yeah. I know it out here too. Like it used to be like $4 for those chicken sandwiches. Now that's like six fifty. So I'm, I'm going to say that because of the rarity of A and W's, they're going to price. They're, they're going to be like, Oh, you, you probably just passed an A and W like, Holy shit. I didn't even realize that it was a restaurant. I think they, <laughs> had re- and I thought they only had root beer. So they're going to be, they're going to take advantage of that and be like, yeah, $9 combo for a burger. So Not quite $9. It is $7.48 for the pop burger. Oh, I still win. Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're still right. You still got, I'd play the prices right uh, sound for you if I could, but uh, that's copyrighted. Uh, you have a question, so we'll just alternate between this. What, what's the question you have to read for us? Uh, from chat? Yeah, yeah, or, or from uh, Ask POD, whichever you like. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do the one from chat because I, I like it, and let me just scroll up and get it. Okay, Nick the Greek asks, and this is a, a Washington-specific question, so if uh, if you're not interested in the game anymore, turn it off. No, um, he asked no, no. one more time, did did Terrell, or Terrell Austin, did Austin Bryant play at all and impressions on Amani Oruarie? Austin Bryant did play. From what I saw, it was mostly on third downs, obvious passing, passing downs, which the Lions actually got themselves into a lot. He did not record a tackle. I would be surprised if he recorded a pressure. Certainly didn't record a quarterback hit. He was a non-factor. And this doesn't mean he's a bust. This doesn't mean anything. I mean, this is literally the first time he got out there. 
Um, he hasn't had a lot of padded practice. He's probably had about three or four padded practices. So this was also probably the longest time since his college career that he's had like full contact, um, all that sort of stuff. So very underwhelming debut. Not going to hate on the guy completely, but he was a complete non-factor in this game. As for on the, on the positive side, Amani Aruwarie, I thought, was fantastic in this game. Had the pass breakup early, had the interception that could have sealed the game, didn't seal the game, but could have sealed the game. Um, and overall, I think uh, he I think he also made a really good stop in in run defense. He didn't make I don't think he ended up making the tackle, but he slowed the guy down enough to to get a run stop essentially. So um, what, what amounts to a start, although I, I don't think it was technically a start because he wasn't in on the first play of the game. Um, I thought I thought it was a very promising uh, game from Amani. Okay, next uh, meal I've got for you. A lot of people wanted me to do Pancheros. I've never been to a Pancheros before. They were saying a Pancheros burrito. And again, that's going to be with a side, so with a drink and chips. That's That's got to be over a, a, a ticket. It is. Per, yep. Yeah, Mexican food in general runs like in the eight to nine dollars. Six fifty for a burrito. Yeah, yeah. I should. I. I I'm. I, I'd give you the Culver's price, but I'm busy looking it up. Uh, my turn to take a question then. Go for it. Um. Or do you want no me? pictures? Asking us. Uh, which is the better album? Mm, food by uh, MF Doom or Kanye West's Graduation. First off, I'm curious if you even know who MF Doom is. He's the guy that wear the, wears the mask, right? Yeah, he wears that Dr. Doom mask, yeah. yeah. I saw Hannibal comedian Hannibal Burris wearing it last he was week. On, uh, he was on Demon Days with Gorillaz. I think he was on November Has Come. Cool. That, so, I don't which is an appropriate song for this time of year, by the way. I, I do like Graduation, but I don't know any MF Doom songs, so... I, I'm not a big as a con. I wish we had Ryan here. This would be a great question for Ryan. I'm not a big Kanye stan. I'm not. I've never been. So my answer is mm food because it was, uh, it gave us, uh, the great song Rap Snitch Kniches. And it is fantastic. It's very lighthearted. I love it. I know a lot of people think Kanye is a deep thinker. I don't care. I like mm food. Is it, is it called mm food because that's, yes. Anagram of his name? No, he just he always did like food themed albums for a little bit. I think. Do you think he realizes it's an anagram for his name? Probably. He probably did that too. It's probably a double entendre going on there, man. Brother in mm. Yeah, I like I like MF Doom. Did you ever hear he did he did a lot of stuff. He did like Danger Doom with uh, Danger Mouse and themed the entire thing for like uh, Cartoon Network Adult Swim which was good. That was me in my first college. I know he's done some stuff with a bunch of other uh, groups too. He's, he's a very interesting human being. And for the longest time, he only had one tweet on Twitter that just said, doom is not on Twitter. Now he is though. And unfortunately I feel like the chapter is closed. So, all right. Uh, next one up Culver's. Let's get it. Let's go to Culver's. I don't know if they even have those in Michigan. They do. They do. Really? I had it. I had it on my on my trip out west. I stopped in like Nevada, I think, and had it. Um, Culver's butter burger with cheese value basket. Ooh, I don't. I don't know what a value basket is. I, I it think, just means with a side and a drink. I, I, which I, is the rules of this? It's gonna be barely over. 
No, it's actually pretty cheap. So with a classic side, it's three twenty one. Oh. With a premium side, I don't know what that is. Is four twenty eight, and I can't imagine cheese costing you more than like fifty cents. Okay. I think so. I think a premium side is probably their uh their cheese, cheese curds. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Not good. Don't get them there. They're horrible. Everything I love, but they're they're. The cheese curds are horrible. Yeah, I had them. I'm not a big fan of cheese curds. I think they're overrated. But I think this goes with your long-standing opinion about fried cheese. So, Although I will say my sister's fried cheese ravioli, very good. <laughs> that sounds actually pretty good. Yep. Okay, let's go back to Ask P.O.D. Uh, from at La Flava Flav, if I can do this one, and I'll let you get a question in before we go back to the food. Uh, what what should fans do on Thanksgiving? Watch the Lions game while criticizing the defense for making Trubisky look like an elite quarterback again, or eat so much food that they would go into a food coma before kickoff, so we miss the agony altogether. I mean, I'm I am not- curious. I, I think I think this is me by way of saying, like, how do you what do you think the crowd is going to be like at Thanksgiving? Because that's a unique game to go to Thanksgiving. I think I think it'll be pretty full. I mean, a lot of. A lot of people just go there every year as a, as a family tradition, um, whether it's with your family or just part of your family. It was a family tradition for me for the first 22 years of my life or whatever. Um, I think it'll be packed. I think, I think it'll be mostly positive to start just because it, it does kind of have that wholesome family feeling to it when you're there, <laughs> but it, it, it could certainly turn on a dime. It'll turn. It'll turn. I've been there when it's turn, when it turns. Um, but I think I think pretty full. I mean, I know the Lions said last week that they're selling standing room only tickets at this point, so um, it's it's sold out. I don't mm-hmm. think about that. Um, yeah. Question is how many of those are are Bears fans? But yeah, yeah. But okay, yeah, um, the original yeah. question, yeah, dude. Listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you so you need to subject yourself to Lions Bears. I hope that you do, and I hope you stay. Uh, you Download know, this. And, and come in here and watch us or listen to us. Um, but I'm not, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. If, if the lines cause you enough pain um, this year, you can skip it. It's okay. Eat some food. Yeah. Eat some food. It's Thanksgiving. Do what you got to do um, real quick. And then I'll do another, you want the next question or I've got like three lined up here. So I want right here and it's, it's based on my, uh, insistence on staying positive and patting myself on the back it, it fits both those really well it's from space Kataz 1663 on twitter yes does the emergence of scarborough demonstrate the folly of drafting running backs earlier than the fourth round i was going to do this one so that's perfect um man i still think there's some value in good running backs the question is there's just not that many good running backs out there and i'm not willing to buy into bow just yet I, i'm still hesitant man I'm, i really am and you should be. Um, he he's had he's put together two really good, really, really solid performances. And obviously there was the fumble today, but um, I think most people will kind of forgive him on that one since his forward progress was probably stopped. But I do think it speaks to a larger point that it's more about your offensive line. It's more about your scheme. And and yes, there are rare talents at running back every now and then that can be that every down back. But if you look around the NFL, there aren't that many of them. There's Saquon Barkley, there's Ezekiel Elliott. I'm already running low on names. <laughs> and so, yeah, I do think in general, I don't think it's good practice to 
to draft a running back in the first three rounds of the draft. I really don't. And and that's why I wasn't a huge fan of doing it with carry on. Um, and, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back there because I did like carry on Johnson a lot and I'm bummed that he's not, I want him to be part of this team. Um, but I just, I mean, you look at what the lines have done with, with running backs and they're not really alone. I mean, we, we see all over the league guys that, that are either undrafted or come in on that third day of the draft and they take over uh, an offense and, and do just as well as, as the starters when they get injured or things like that. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think drafting a running back early is, is very good draft strategy. Um, we, we talked earlier about how, how important defensive ends and cornerbacks and quarterbacks are mm-hmm. running backs might be the lowest on that list. Yep. Aside uh, from placeholders and, long snappers and yeah but uh fast food time southwest chicken salad at chick-fil-a chick-fil-a i've only been a few times but i feel i feel like they have reasonable prices and since we're talking salad to them i'm gonna i'm gonna say under well these are premium salads so 7.69 for salad alone i haven't even looked up what it's gonna be with with uh sides so although real talk if you're getting if you're getting fries with um a salad yeah, yeah. All right. Um, question I have, and this I think I'm gonna make you duck in a second here. So duck, you sucker. Uh, where did I put that? Where did I put that? I have like eight windows. Fox four at Fox. Well, first off, I want to take this one from H Dejong in uh, Twitch chat, and then I'll get to the other one. Chris or Jeremy, have either of you been asked for a picture or autograph? No. No, not with pride to Detroit. Oh, when I was doing my late night radio, uh, heavy metal radio show in my undergrad college, someone recognized me at a record fair. We organized by my voice and wanted a picture. So look at that highlight of my life right there. It's not going to get any better than that. (laughs) I will say some of the people who do watch Fox Sports Radio, I'm listening to Fox Sports Radio nonstop. We have some pretty loyal and crazy people, and I think people, if I met one of those guys, maybe they want me for the great Chris P. But uh, no. All right. I, the other quick, yeah, go on. Say like my closest rub with being a celebrity was when I was living out in LA. I got I got recognized twice, which is weird because I was out in LA. Oh, that's right. So when I was at USC for my masters, actually one of the people who was who was she was the mentor for writing for television news was like, Hey, do you do a, a lions podcast? Cause her friend had mentioned my name to her, to him. And he, re- he listens to the pride of Detroit POD cast. So it's no cool. autographs, no autographs, no, no pictures, but you know, it, it's cool to know that, you know, that the podcast and, and all of pride of Detroit reaches out to the ends of the nation and, and really beyond Beyond, we've got a pl- plenty of friends who are from New Zealand and the UK and Ireland, and yeah. I've been recognized in LA. I've been recognized in Minnesota when I went to the Vikings game. I think I've been recognized maybe once in the full year and a half I've been back in Michigan, though. It's yeah, a- I don't, I don't go anywhere, so no one I, can see me. I'm a bit of a shut-in. So. I don't consider myself famous. It, yeah, and, and no one really wants to hear me talk about that sort of stuff, do you? I don't know. Here's the question I have from Chris Fox. Why not just sign Kaepernick for a five-game audition for the rest of the league, shut Stafford down, sell tickets, and get ready for the draft? Number one, do you think getting Stafford would help sell tickets? Kaepernick. What'd I say? To get Stafford. But yeah, get Kaepernick. I'm sorry. 
do you think getting Kaepernick would actually sell tickets? It, that's a hard question. Because I feel like you almost alienate enough because people who are buying tickets for football games are pretty much wealthy and comfortable. So, I mean, maybe you get some. I think, though, you lose some as well. I think it's a net positive, but not as much as you think. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. It's, Here's, yeah, go on. Go on. It's, a, it's a big trade-off. I mean, you, you garner yourself a lot of attention for sure. Um, both positive and negative. Yeah, and I don't buy I don't buy the distraction argument either. But yeah, well, I mean, who who cares? Who cares if yeah, who cares? Directed at this point because otherwise they're going to be asked questions about firing Matt Patricia for the next five weeks. <laughs> um, I don't. Here's know. the thing. I mean, here's, here's the, yeah. I I put this out on Twitter when the Kaepernick stuff from last week first went out there. I just think it's it's smarter to give Driscoll those reps. Like yeah. Eating Kaepernick is nothing more than a PR stunt at this point. I, I love the guy, and I hope he gets an opportunity, and I do think he's still talented there, but he's not going to be the starter here, so there's not really a point in bringing him here. That's the thing. is like Because I heard someone giving the opinion of, is like, well, if he really wants to play football again, why doesn't he go and try to you know, hang out in the XFL? He, wants, he, he feels that he had an NFL job taken away from him. That is the start and beginning of, of all of this. Like, it's not just a, a means to play football again. The other thing, too, is, like, again, if you haven't seen the ridiculous waiver that the NFL tried to make him sign and what happened over the weekend where at the last minute he changes the location to a high school because of that waiver, because they are clamping down on any videotape coming from out from there so they can control the narrative to, you know, legal documents that would probably make it so that if he if collusion comes up again, he can't he can no longer sue like the NFL was never going to give him a fair shot to begin with. They never were. This was the dumbest kind of Machiavellian bullshit I've seen from the league in a while. So however you feel about Kaepernick, I don't care. I, I'm beyond that right now. Personally, I think maybe he was good once upon a time. It's been five years. And like, I don't know how, how good that is after five years. Uh, story of a former Detroit Lion in the 40s, a tackle who... Uh, you know, after serving in World War II, comes back, 1946. His dad, he's, he's a USC player. His dad grows ill and says, hey, the Rams just went out to Los Angeles. Can you please trade me? And the owner at the time, Mandel Jr., freaks out and says, you are not, I am never going to trade you. And if you try to go play for the upstart AAFC, which is where the Browns were at the time, I will blackball you. He calls their bluff. He goes, plays for the LA Dawn, turns around, tries to get a coaching job with a at the time, minor league football league. Yeah, they had those back then. That's affiliated with the NFL. He finds out he's blackballed. He sues the NFL. It becomes a Supreme Court case. He ultimately wins. Uh, guess what? That case took, I think, eight to ten years to resolve. Had wide-ranging implications that, start, that helped jumpstart the NFLPA. But the important part is he never played another down, played or coached another down of football again. When you're a guy like this, part of the part of the risk you take is that you are just ultimately going to get martyred for it. Not martyred in that you lose your life, but you're just going to just not be able to work in this business again. And that's a risk. I, I don't know if it's a risk he realizes, Kaepernick, if he realizes he's taken because of how he wants to get back or if he just is saying it to be rhetorical. I don't know. I don't care anymore. All I'm saying is that 
it's been five years. I don't know even realistically how good he is to come back. And yeah, as Jeremy said, it just doesn't make sense for the Lions. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have another food uh, object here to talk about. Do you have any more questions? Uh, yeah, I got one from Twitter that asks, um, from Cameron Williams asks, when is the last time you remember having this little enthusiasm or care about the Thanksgiving Day game? You may have to pay attention to the family this year, even in-laws are better than these Lions right now. I mean, to be honest, last Thanksgiving game that was important was, what, 2016 against the Vikings? I mean... Like one year I went was in 2015 one, where we kicked the ass of the Eagles. That right. was fun, but that it didn't was fun, mean but the anything. Lions, the Lions were 3-7 yeah. and seven at the time. Yeah. That was after yeah. their 1-7 start. Um. Yeah, I mean, and you go back to, like, I was just looking back. You go back to 2010, and they were... They had a long losing streak until, like, Jim Caldwell years, yeah. They were 2-8 and going into the 2010 Detroit Lions season, or Thanksgiving game. So, I mean, you don't have to really go that far back in Lions history to find uh, a meaningless Thanksgiving game. I think think what really sticks out to people right now, and, and the reason why anger is resonating so much, is just expectation versus reality. We oh, all sure. came into yeah. the season expecting this team to be at least 500. We all expect this team to be in contention for the NFC North. We all expected this defense to be a lot better. And since it's all gone to shit so quickly, people have checked out and people are frustrated and people think people are thinking, you know, this is one of the worst Lions teams of all time. And the defense is a, an all time worse. And I know there's some stats that, that do back some, some of that up, but I think we, it's important for us to remember just how bad things were not that long ago. And they were worse than that. And now three, seven and one sounds horrible and it is horrible, but it's not two and 10. It's not. Oh, and 16. Um, the lines have led in every single game. They, they're competing in every single game. And I know we'll that means we'll nothing at the end goes. of the day, but it's not, it's not that bad. It really isn't. Next question I have here is from, this one's a little bit old, but it's from CJ Truthsayer. Which of these terms are most corrosive to Lions fandom? The Patriots, the Patriot way, Belichick, the Belichick tree, winning culture, or buying in? It's the Patriot way. Yeah, I think it probably is. so stupid. It's so stupid. I hate hearing about it because it doesn't exist. Yeah, it's it's a term that people just throw around kind of willy-nilly. Just like, oh, Lions traded Quandre Diggs, that's the Patriot way. Oh, the Lions... You know, they decided even in the case of like the Patriots, all it means is like, hey, the Patriots did a good thing that turned out good for them. That's the Patriot way. Right. Wow. The lines people want to think think that Bill Belichick is like bleeping Sun Tzu. And I get it. He might be one of the greatest coaches of all time. Although, granted, he was asked about that and he still said it was uh, uh, Paul Brown from way back in, you know, the 40s or whatever, like. And people don't know, and I know history is not a great stat for NFL, not a great thing for NFL fans. Uh, Brown, who is the namesake of the Cleveland Browns, revolutionized the entire game. He was the one who came up with stuff like, uh, you know, practice squads and, you know, a bunch of training regimens and all this kind of stuff. Like, he, he is one of the godfathers of the game, kind of like how Newt Rockney is in college. So, I know people are in the moment. Bill Belichick wins a lot, but even Bill Belichick realizes, like, yeah. He's being modest. Yeah. Last question here. 517 Bulldog. Can you verify that coaching the Lions is in fact harder than rocket science? 
Coaching the well, Detroit I mean, Lions, the Lions apparently. Between, well, apparently between the Lions last winning a championship and now we have placed people on the moon. True. Several times, I think. Think about it. I think that's it. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, make sure to download the podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Twitch chat, we love you. We'll stick around and talk a little bit more. Um, I'm getting nauseous, so might need a second, but uh, we're going to have some fun this week. We're still working at our Thursday, I mean, our Thanksgiving schedule, Thanksgiving week schedule for the POD cast. Uh, stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at CRISPRFET, at Detroit Online, at Pride of Detroit. You'll find that all there and more. And as always, I like to say, see you star side. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.